All right, good morning to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Looking forward to a good day in the Lord's house. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Danny, sir, would you please open us in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being here this morning. I'm grateful uh, for your love, your mercy, and grace. Lord, we ask that you bless the song service. as you bless the preaching. We will give you all the praise of the Lord for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, let's all get a hymnal and turn to page number 12. All hail the power of Jesus' name. And those that can, let's stand on this first one. Page 512. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it.
take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Amen. That's very true. No one cared for me like Jesus. And I appreciate you being here in the morning services this morning. I uh, hope that you've already been blessed for being in the Lord's house. It's already been good, hasn't it? And uh, I do appreciate you being here. And uh, last week we, uh, we had a, uh, our morning service and then we had a um, dinner and church fellowship afterwards. And then we had a second service. But uh, after our second service, we had three young ladies saved. So we praise the Lord with that. Uh, we praise God for what he's done and uh, what he's doing and what he's going to do. And uh, you, you pray for uh, those three girls. What's their names again? Lily, Allie, and Maddie. Lily, Allie, and Maddie, uh, young young girls, the teenage, close to teenage girls, and uh, so you pray for them as the uh, Lord is working in their lives, and then also pray for uh, Jay, and uh, he, he's he's working this weekend. He's got to work every other weekend, so you pray for him, and uh, it's no doubt uh, the devil wants to uh, wants to destroy them and devour them. You remember when you first got saved and uh, how you thought all your problems was over, but uh, uh, really in reality um, there was more problems. You just have a God that's with you during those problems, so, and we can rejoice in that. Uh, so we praise the Lord for what he's done. Um, I made a statement last week in the afternoon service. I, sa- I said that, uh, have you ever noticed that after great victories we're probably most susceptible for valleys or problems to come after those great victories. And I kind of like to expound on that thought just a little bit this, uh, this morning uh, on a message that I've titled, Defeated But Not Done. Defeated But Not Done. And uh, we all find, uh, we all face valleys and, and troubles and, and things, but that doesn't mean that we're finished. And uh, a righteous man falls seven times, but getteth up again rise up again and so we praise the Lord for how he's able to do that through us or how we're able to do that through him. Uh, God's people, uh, the Israelites faced uh, or they witnessed many great victories in their in their their life. I mean they saw some great and wonderful things that, that we would marvel at and that we still marvel at what God has done in their lives and uh, they, they had some great mountaintop uh, experiences. However, we're going to find ourselves in Joshua chapter number 7 this morning. Joshua chapter number 7. And uh, uh, now, after the great victories, we see that Israel is on the run. And uh, they had, they're facing a valley. They found themselves in a heap of trouble, if you will. And uh, I, want you to, uh, I want to invite you there, Joshua chapter number 7, verse 1 this morning. I want you to notice the first word in that, uh, in that uh, chapter it says, but. But. Up to this point, they had witnessed God do some great and marvelous things. All they have experienced under the leadership of Joshua was victory. I mean, they've seen God work through Joshua as their leader, and, and they're all just one, they're all just uh, they're just in wonder of what God has done and, and uh, through Joshua. But now we notice through after all the, these things, Jordan had departed and there was victory. Uh, they had a victorious fellowship at Gilgal and Jericho. 
had fallen. And man, they, they, I mean, what a great victory. Just speaking of Jericho, how the walls just come uh, falling down, crashing down. And they, I mean, they have witnessed God firsthand. You ever witnessed God firsthand in your life? Man, you've seen the great victories. You've seen the things that God has done. And, uh, but up to this point, uh, under the leadership of Joshua, they, that's all they've experienced is, is victory. But now, this verse starts out, but, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah, the son of Judah, took the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethhaven, uh, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, and there, uh, for they are but few. And they're looking back and they're saying, you know what, we just, we just destroyed Jericho. I mean, Jericho was a great and mighty fenced area. And, and there's no way that these little uh, AI, there's no way that they stand a chance with us. So they tell Joshua, they say, hey, listen, let's just send about two or three thousand. We've got this. It's, it's not, we don't need to send, we don't need to bother everybody with this little menial task. We've got this. And that's where they're at here in the, in the story. So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Sherbarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon the face of before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. See, they knew what victory tasted like. They, they knew what it felt like to, to experience these great victories, but now they are in full retreat. I mean, they're running for their lives from this little bitty A.I., after the great defeat of Jericho, we find Joshua uh, ready to conquer Ai. I mean, they're, they're ready to take him. And an easy task compared to Jericho. Maybe we've faced those type of things. Our, our Jerichos, we've seen God uh, take those problems. Maybe it's been a physical, maybe it's been an emotional, maybe it's been a financial. I don't know, but it's been a huge, huge thing in our lives. And we've seen God take care of it. Then when a small thing comes in our lives, we think, ah, this is nothing. We've got this. What's the problem? We don't have anything. God has this. And we'll see through this story what, what the problem was. Uh, the men come back running back in full retreat now uh, the, under the great commander. And now Joshua falls on his face before God. He's defeated and dejected. But you know what the problem is? Is that he's a day late and a dollar short. He failed to uh, go to God before this. 
I want you to notice some things about this. The defeat in Ai was unexpected. They didn't expect, this caught everybody by surprise. Look there in verse 3, it says, And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. They were so confident that only only to send a small band of soldiers uh, to fight their battle for them. Sounds to me that they were they got a little bit prideful. Joshua just uh, he, he Joshua just decided he was going to stay behind and relish in his victories. Now we don't want to picture Joshua like that, but that's the way I see this: is that he's kind of just sitting back. He should have been out there, should have been going to uh, you know full force, but he didn't. You see, confidence in his military might was not enough. This retreat and defeat caught everyone by surprise. It was unexpected. But then their defeat also was inexcusable. There's no reason why they should have faced defeat. There was no reason why this was a small, uh, small, uh, compared to Jericho, there was no reason they should have lost. Notice there in verse 4 it says, So there went up thither about uh, of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. What happened? Their strength was gone. No, it wasn't their strength. The presence of God was no longer with them. See, that's, the, that's what made the whole difference. It wasn't the, their military might. It wasn't their abilities. It was their God. And we need to get a hold of that this morning. It's not what I can do, but it's what He can do. But then I want you to notice their defeat at Ai was humbling. It was humbling. If you look there in verse 8, it says, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? The Lord has been dishonored. Failure cut Joshua straight to the heart. And I don't think it was just because of failure, but I think it was because Joshua realized that he was not where he's supposed to be. Joshua learned some valuable lessons from this failure. He realized that God will not bless because if there's sin in the camp. You see, he, sin cannot be treated lightly. Folks, when we have sin in our lives, we can't just uh, wipe it under, or sweep it under the rug. We've got to deal with sin in our lives. If we want the power and the presence and the protection of God on our lives, we've got to deal with sin in our own lives. It's got to be dealt with. You see, sin is, someone has said, sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin is what sent our Lord to the cross, and sin is a great divider between God and man. Joshua desired victory, and victory was God's purpose for Israel. We need to understand that their defeat had nothing to do with their military ability or lack thereof. It had nothing to do with that. Let, let me say in, in uh, America today, let me put it in our terms today, it has nothing to do with our military might. It has nothing to do with our president. It all has to do with God. See, he's all-powerful. They don't need anything else. Can I tell you, we don't need anything else. The Bible says this in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, who can be against us? Folks, there's, there's, when we think about this, there's no Jericho too big for our God, and there's no Ai 
too small. God, listen to me. God is God over it all. And I want you to notice some things about this, this message I defeated, but not done. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for this church. And Lord, I pray that you would keep your hand of protection about us. Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, that you would deal with us according to your will. And Lord, I pray if there's sin in the camp, Lord, that you will deal with that as well. And Lord, that, uh, uh, Lord, that you would make it uh, abundantly clear uh, in, in our lives. And uh, Lord, that you would deal with those things so we would have your power, your protection, and your provision upon our church and in our lives. Lord, I pray that if there's one here that's not saved today would be the day of salvation. Speak to hearts as only you can, Lord. We realize we put all our faith and confidence and our trust in what you can do in this service, trusting you, Lord, and, and only what you can do. Thank you again, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice just three or four things this morning uh, about this, this thought, defeated but not done. I want you to notice, number one, the reason for their defeat. The reason... For their defeat, and we can we can parallel this with the reasons for defeat in our own Christian lives. And I believe that one of the reasons for defeat uh, with the Israelites and in our lives is is because of pride. Pride, pride is a big thing. You know, you know, pride. I believe was the uh, the first sin and the first thing. I mean, when uh, Satan was standing there. And he was like, I will ascend unto the heavens, and I will do this, and I will do that, and I will do this. You know what that is? It's a sin of pride. It's a sin of pride. And I, I, I'll promise you this, that any time we start thinking that we are something, God will, will reveal to us that we are nothing. I mean, it's happened to me several times when I think, well, look at what I've done. God, uh, God will humble you in a quick way. God will bring you show you that you aren't what you think you are. It's all because of Him. And Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says this, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. You better watch out because it's coming. You better watch out. The Bible says here, notice in our text in Joshua chapter 7, verse 3, it says, And they returned unto Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go. Hey, we've got this. Let all people go, but just about two or 3,000 men go up and smite Ai. They already, had, they already knew that they had the victory. But the problem was, is they were trying to get the victory through themselves, through their own abilities. It says, and make not all the people labor there, therefore they are but few. You can hear it in what they said. They, it's just a small city compared to Jericho. Hey, let the other people rest up and relax. We've got this. This is no problem. Let's send the C team or the D team in. They can handle this. There's pride. It's just a small matter. Only a few thousand men will be enough. And they're insignificant. Don't trouble the whole army. The whole argument is based on an incorrect incorrect uh, assumption that Israel had captured Jericho. I mean, they were thinking that it was, they, it was their great abilities. You know, and that's what happens a lot of times when we face victories. I mean, we get some, we've seen God work and, and initially we say, oh, praise God for what he's doing. And when we do that in public, praise God what he's done in our lives. But in the back of our minds, we're thinking, look what I've done. Look at, look what I have accomplished 
And listen, folks, it's not what you've accomplished. It's not what you've done. It's all because of what he has done. He said, but, I, but I'm the one that didn't know. God gave you the strength. God gave you the ability. God gave you the talent. God gave you the funds. Whatever it is, God done it in our lives. We need to realize that, that the reason for defeat is because of pride. We need to be careful of pride. All that they had done was, all they, now think about this, all that, all that the Israelites did was walk around. That's all they did. That's all they did is obeyed. You know what, folks? That's all we have to do is obey. Obey the Lord. You see, it was not them but God who had taken the city. Jericho was defeated, uh, or their defeat wasn't a testing to the strength of Israel, but uh, to a testimony of God's promises and God's strength and His power and His ability. God gave the victory. See, it's easy for us to pat ourselves on the back and think we have accomplished things in our own strength. We often take pride in our accomplishments. Well, I'm pretty amazing, you know, if I have to toot my own horn. You know, I'm pretty amazing. Well, no, it's not you. Apart from the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ, we are helpless and hopeless, folks. We've got to realize that. And I'm not trying to beat people down. I'm just trying to let credit be due where it's due. I mean, God deserves the praise. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor, not us. But not only pride, but don't you notice prayerlessness? Look there in verse 2. It says, And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-haven, and on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. There's no record of Joshua consulting with God in this. All the battles before, Joshua consulted with the Lord. He prayed. He, he sacrificed. He'd done... All kinds of things, but listen, there was no record of him consulting with God on this. How was it that they had the hand of God on their lives before? I believe because Joshua sought the Lord's direction. God was uh, working through Joshua and showing him, giving him clear evidence where to go, what to do, and how to do it. Let me say something very pointedly. If we don't pray, how can we expect to make it even through the day? See, we can't just go through life doing as we please and then expect God to put his stamp of approval on it. But then we read here in verse 6, it says, And Joshua rent his clothes and fell on the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord and to the eventide and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. Joshua's spending time in prayer. Now he's in the right place. Folks, how many times do we go into things and don't even pray about it? We buy things, we do things, we say things, and we don't even pray about it. I believe there are some things you don't have to pray about. Going to church, tithing, those things in the Bible clearly written, you don't have to pray about those things. But listen to me, there are some things that you need to pray about. You need to spend some time in prayer with it. You see, one commentator said this, if Israel would have gone up like they came down, they would have, came, uh, gone, they would have come down like they went up. Another reason for defeat is disobedience. And we can look at this in our own lives. Pride, when we don't pray, and we're not obedient to God, those are three areas in our lives. Let me tell you, we're going to fall on our faces. 
Joshua 7.11 says this, And Israel hath sinned, and, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Note the compound nature of this sin. Israel has sinned. But we know the story, right? We know what happened. Remember what God said in Joshua chapter number 6, verse 18. Let me recall your memory. It says, And ye, if in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, God's telling them, hey, stay away from it. Don't, don't touch it. Lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. God warned them. He says, I don't want you to take any of the spoils here. I don't want you to take any of it. But one individual, one individual by the name of Achan decided that he wanted to take the spoils and hide it among, among his stuff. One individual had betrayed God's trust. Notice that the verdict wasn't Achan had sinned. Did you get this? I mean, this is good. Notice this. It wasn't that Achan had sinned. Israel had sinned. Israel had sinned. One man's failure brought defeat to the whole nation. This should be a lesson to us fathers and, and leaders. That we don't just sin to ourselves. It affects others. Affects others. Don't miss what God is saying here. Everyone knew what God's will was in this matter. See, one, one, where one member of the local fellowship is guilty of sin before God, the verdict from heaven is, My people have sinned. My people have sinned. And I hope and pray and want our church to be a clean vessel, a vessel of honor for the Lord's use. And I believe that God is saying in our, to our country today, America has sinned against the Lord. No individual Christian can sin without affecting the whole church. Never underestimate the destructive danger of one Christian outside the will of God, what they can do. No person sins in a corner. It affects others. No child of God can grow cold in a spiritual life without lowering the temperature of those around them. The testimony and witness of our church is affected by the witness and testimony of every member. If we only realize the importance of this truth, how we would pray for strength, and not just for strength in my life, but strength in each individual, you'll go and you'll start praying. You'll start thinking, this is what I do personally. I come and I think, well, who sits in certain places? Because we're creatures of habit. And I know... Uh, Brother Allen and Miss Angel are sitting over here. They're, they're not in their normal spot this morning. And, but I go through and I, I know where people sit. And I go and I pray for those people. Yesterday, I, we cleaned the church yesterday. And as I was cleaning the church, I, I started walking through the roads. And I started praying for people as I walked by their seats. And if I'm not here, I can think of them in my mind. Okay, uh, Brother Tony... Miss Lisa, and I, and I can think of where people sit, and that's how I picture, that's how I pray for them, and I know that there's certain things, and maybe I don't know what know them very well, maybe I don't know a family very well, but I can pray, God, you know their need. You know what's going on in their lives, Lord, would you, would you be with them? Folks, we need to pray, we need to pray for 
our church. And, and if we would just realize the importance of wanting God's blessings upon our church and wanting God's power and His provisions and His protections, if we truly realize that, folks, we would pray a little bit differently. I've heard people say, I, I just don't know what to pray. Pray for me. Pray for your deacons. Pray for your family. Pray for your church family. Hey, there's one person said this. I need the prayers and you need the practice. And, and folks, we do. We need, we need to be praying. We need to be a church of prayer. We need to learn these lessons. That God's soldiers must be pure. The, the victory of the church are won by holiness far more by culture than wealth and elegance and those things. When God is with us, no Jericho is too strong. However, when he is driven away from us, there's no AI too weak to destroy us. Think about that. There's no problem too big when God is with us. But when there's sin in the camp, when there's sin in our lives, there's no problem that's too small that won't destroy us and defeat us. The power of one man to impact a whole community and bring down defeat and disaster upon us. No man can tell how far the tarnish of his sin may reach. Just as no man can tell how far the blessings of purity can go as well. Nothing can be... Do you realize this? Nothing is hid from God. I've said this many times because I understand where we are today. We think we've got pastor fooled. We may have husband or wife fooled. We have children fooled. We have grandparents fooled. We have the church fooled. But you don't have God fooled. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the good and the evil. He sees it all. And you can't hide anything from God. Achan's friends may have sat in the tent unaware that they were sitting in sin. Sitting right around where God told, the, told Achan not to do this, but he did it anyways. The danger of sin, think about this, the danger of sin of covet, coveting. I mean, we don't talk about that much of coveting, but folks, that's a sin. And I hear it all the time, young couples. This, I hear it a lot of times with young couples. They want what their parents worked 30, 40 years to get. And they want it now. That's why, you know what, what happens with young couples, and I, I, I was one of them uh, years ago, uh, but what happens often is what we want, what our parents work so hard for, and what we do is we go and we finance it, and we go and we put it on a credit card, and before you know it, we're living outside of our means, and then we don't pay our tithe, which is sin. Man, I didn't get any amens on that. Folks, the tithe belongs to the Lord. And listen, when you're not obedient to God and we want God's blessings on our lives and we're not living, with, living for God, folks, how can we expect that? Many times it boils down to wanting something for nothing. But then I want you to notice number two, the remedy. The remedy. First, there must have been confession of sin. If we want, listen, I want God to bless this church. I want God to bless my life. I want God to bless my family. There must be first confession of sin in my life. Achan knew what he had done. But there was no confession. God could have simply dealt with the sin suddenly. 
But no, you know what he did? He chose to draw it out. Why? I don't know, but tribe by tribe, family by family, man by man, every step was a, was a revelation. Came closer to him as another opportunity of repentance. I believe this. God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. I believe God was given Achan the opportunity. I may be wrong, but I believe that God is long-suffering. And God sometimes will give you a chance to come clean, to get right. Now there's consequences. We're going to talk about that tonight a little bit. There's consequences for our sins. But there's also forgiveness. It's also forgiveness. At any moment, the outcome of the story could have been different. God was revealing the serious nature of sin. Behold, your sins will find you out. Sometimes we think, oh, I've got it all under control. It goes back to that pride thing. Joshua 7, 19 through 21, Achan is confronted. But then in verse 21, he finally gives a forced confession. It wasn't something that... Uh, that uh, let, let's look what it says in verse 21. It says, And I saw among the spoils of a, a goodly bar, a Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels of weight. Then I coveted them and took them, and behold, there are, there are hidden the, the midst of my tent and the silver underneath it, under it. We know there's the progression. You've heard this before. First, he saw it. That's where sin starts out. We see it, uh, a look with a desire to possess. And first he looked that he, might have, uh, that he might have it, and he wanted it. Secondly, he looked at, as uh, the second look was a sin. And every time after that indicates that we have a problem with, with God. First he saw it, and then he coveted. He says, then he, I coveted, I wanted it. The Bible says, thou shalt not covet. He allows his mind to burn with a desire to possess. And hey, folks, we're all guilty of this at some times. We covet things that we shouldn't, uh, maybe not even bad things, but God doesn't desire for us to have. And we covet those things. But then he took it. Sin brought to the conclusion. Inward attitude led to an outward action. You say, I don't... I, I, I just, I, have, I just have this desire in my heart, but let me tell you, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when we think of these things, when we desire, we say, I've got it under control, Pastor. I, I, I know I shouldn't have this, but, man, I surely would like to have it. And, and that desire, it starts bubbling and bubbling and bubbling until we finally decide we're just going to go for it. The problem must be dealt with. There was an awful punishment there in verse 24. Notice it says, And Joshua and all the Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his son and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. Notice that. Notice where sin took him. And they brought them unto the valley of Acre. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? And the Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the, the fierceness of his anger 
Wherefore, the name of the place was called the Valley Acre unto this day. This verse reveals that God hates sin. Hates it. There are, there are awful consequences for sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The Bible says, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The only way to deal with the evil that has brought defeat and dishonor was to get rid of it. We read about this heap of stones. What mean ye by these stones? And these stones was to serve as a reminder uh, that the discovery of Achan's sin was a result of divine direction. You can't hide sin from God. Folks, when we think, when we read about this, this story, it should serve as, what mean you by these stones? It should serve as a reminder. Hey, you can't hide you may think you're getting by with it. That's maybe just God's long suffering. I don't know. But you're not, going to get, you're not going to get by with it. It's going to come to catch you. And then I want you to notice number three, the results. The last thing, the results. In Joshua chapter number 8, verse 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee. Huh. And arise, go up to Ai. Now he said this. He says, first, you'll notice in chapter 7, he, they said, well, let's just take two or 3,000. Notice what God says. Take all the people of war with thee. And arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into the, thy hand the king of Ai and his people. He said, I have done this. Again, he's reminding Joshua, it's not because of your military. It doesn't mean if you have 3,000, I could have destroyed him with one person. I could have destroyed him by walking around the walls. He said, I want you to take everybody, but notice I have given you, I have given you the hand, uh, the king, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt do it, do to king, uh, to Ai, and her king, as thou didst unto Jericho her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee in uh, uh, ambush for, this, uh, for the city behind it. So Joshua rose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 men of valor and sent them away by night. We know the story. Israel repented. Joshua repented. And sin was dealt with, and now Israel is back on track. Joshua consulted with the Lord, and the Lord gave the victory. Folks, this should serve us as a reminder to us not to take things for granted. Not to take your finances. Listen, it, God can take that away like that. Do you realize that? If you don't, want, if you don't believe that, what was the stock markets here just a few years ago? I know, I know some friends I had that lost over $500,000. God can take it away just like that. So it's not in your finances. In your health? How about our health? I'm a healthy person, right? I know some people that were healthy one day and the next day it's gone. It's not in what we can do or our abilities. It's all about Him and we need to give Him the praise and the glory. They consulted with God. And they got back on track. Joshua 7.13 says, O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemy until ye take away the cursed thing 
from among you. Before victory and blessings must come a divine subtraction. It is possible that churches today suffer defeat from the same cause. Pride, prayerlessness, and disobedience. Same problems in my life and in your life. If we have pride, if we're not praying, if we're not obedient, we're going to suffer defeat. In order to ensure the blessings of God upon our church and upon our lives, we must be a people that is humbled. If my people shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal from, hear from heaven and heal their land. We need to make sure that prayer is a priority. We need His power, folks. You know, when you get up in the morning... You need to say, thank you, Lord. I need you today. Thank you for giving me another day. I'm not going to tell you how to pray, but this is unjust. And in, in general, we need to say, God, thank you for what you've done already today. I can't make it through the day without you. And I tell you, it'll make a difference in your life. Just as Israel had complete and total victory, so can we. The only battle that Israel lost in taking the promised land was here. And it was not from their strength or lack thereof, but it was because of their lack of prayer and pride and disobedience. The sin of Achan was in the camp. And there was no deliverance until sin was dealt with. Folks, if there's something in your life, I don't know. I don't know, but can I tell you this? If there's sin in your lives, you need to come and get that dealt with today. You can come and get it dealt with today. If you want victory, if you want God's blessings, you want God's hand and protection and His, His provisions upon our lives, the altar's here. Won't you come and find a place this morning? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Ms. Haley's going to come prepare for our invitation. Defeated, but we don't have to be done. Israel got defeated, but they weren't done. God wasn't done with them. God's not done with you. You may feel defeated. You may feel discouraged, but God's not done. Won't you come and get right with the Lord? Maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I were to die right now. I don't know for sure that I go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Anyone? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Anyone? Maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I'm not living for God like I should. There's sin in my camp. There's some things that's just not right. God knows it. I've tried to hide it from people. I've tried to hide it from God, but there's no hiding from God. I realized this morning I need to get right. There's some things in my life that's just not right. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, hands across the room. Won't you come? The Bible says that he's faithful and just. For, to forgive us our sins. But there's a part that we missed out. We must confess. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We can start afresh today. There are still consequences, but we can be right with God. Won't you come and find a place at the altar? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your love for your mercy and your grace. Lord, I thank you for speaking to my heart about this message. Thank you for dealing with sin in my life. Uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, help me to walk humbly and, and uh, with you. And Lord, that I would consult you with everything, Lord. And Lord, that I would be obedient to whatever you tell me to do. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. And Lord, for those that raise their hands of 
areas in their life that's just not right. Lord, I pray that folks would find a place at the altar and get things right with you this morning. Start afresh. Lord, maybe there's some folks that's right smack in the middle of your will. Lord, maybe they want to find a place and thank you for it. Whatever the case, I pray that you would work in our midst that only you can get the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Miss Haley, as we begin playing, God spoke to your heart. I'm going to encourage you to find a place. God has spoke to you. You might say, oh, I, I, I can get away. I, I've, I've got it hidden. Nobody else knows about it. If I come, then people will start thinking something. Who cares? Who cares what people think? At this moment, who cares? What matters is that God sees all. And you need to get, need to get right. Maybe you're here and you're, you're right there where God wants you. Maybe you need to just come say, thank you, Lord, for your protection. Thank you for these promises that you've given to me. I don't know the case. I'm just going to ask you to be obedient as he leads. seated. We appreciate again you being here this morning. I hope all hearts and minds are clear. Uh, let me give you some announcements as the men come prepare for our, uh, our offering this morning. I want to wish Brother Travis a happy birthday today, his birthday uh, today. He, uh, Miss Pam's was last week. Of course, he married, a, uh, he married her at 10, so uh, that way he could train her the way she should go, right? Is that how, what he said? And, uh, but no, we wish Brother Travis a happy birthday. And then this week, Brother Phil has a birthday as well. So you wish Brother Phil a happy birthday. Our mystery of the week is um, Joshua and Melissa Booth, the Booth family. Our deacon of the week, Brother Ed Buchanan. Our family of the week, Brother Greg and Miss Suzanne Hutchison. And then our trust of the week, uh, Brother Phil Bowson. You remember these folks in your prayers if you would. Uh, next Sunday morning, uh, we got a, a treat for you. Brother Harlan Barnett's going to be with us in the AM service. He's such a blessing to our church. and. 
uh, his ministry. And so you be here Sunday morning and uh, hear Brother Harlan. And I, I promise you it'll be a blessing. And then uh, Friday, August the 25th, uh, this is a special announcement. Uh, uh, Brother Phil and Miss Sue Hammond, they, they want to invite you to their wedding. This is Friday night at 6 o'clock. Is that what we're saying? 6 o'clock Friday night, August the 25th. And they want to invite you to come out. Uh, they're going to get uh, married, and we're excited for them. And so uh, you come and, and celebrate with them, all right? That'll be Friday, August 25th. And then Sunday, August 27th, we'll, in the, after the PM service, we're going to have a birthday anniversary for all those that are uh, having celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. We're going to do that once a month. And uh, just uh, after PM service, just get together, have some cake and ice cream, some punch and things, and just uh, just fellowship and want to do that. And so you, that is uh, August the 27th. September the 9th, we'll have a teen activity, The Amazing Race. And invite, uh, if you want to participate in that, we need uh, drivers, we need a destination. So if you say, I can't drive, but I, I can be at my house and the teens can come to my house, come and see my wife or uh, you can come see me and we can get you lined up for that. I know that we would appreciate that so much. And then Friday and Saturday, uh, September 15th and 16th, uh, mark your calendars now. Uh, uh, Brother uh, David Gibbs from Christian Law Association. He's going to be at uh, Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp for our men's retreat. And uh, I'd like for men to go there. Uh, this year, Brother Jack, I won't drive 85 okay, miles per hour. Uh, he was following us in, a, in his motorcycle there a couple years ago when we went, and he was scared to death. I guess I was driving too fast. Didn't realize it. I was just talking and didn't realize it. Uh, but uh, you, you plan on coming, and I promise you, Brother Jack, if you drive your motorcycle, I won't drive that fast this time. And, uh, but uh, you, you plan on coming. It'll be a great time, men. Teenagers, you can come as well. And uh, they have a cornhole tournament. They have a lot of activities. But there's a good preaching, Brother David Gibbs, if you've never heard him. Anybody ever heard David Gibbs? Wow, you are in for a treat. I'm telling you, Brother Greg, you've heard it. He's a powerful, powerful preacher. Men, you would you are going to be blessed if you can if you can come. So I hope I sold that pretty well. And uh, you you make sure that you come for that. We're going to have a word of prayer. Uh, Brother Joshua, would you please ask the blessing and all? Dear Jesus, I ask that you would take this offering and bless it to your will. I ask that you would help us all to take a pastor's message this morning to heart and that we would apply it to our daily lives. I ask you to give us all safe traveling mercies as we go about our daily lives, spreading your word. In Jesus' name we pray.
close in prayer, I wanted to uh, announce uh, Miss Judith McGinnis went back into the hospital last night, and I'm going to ask that you would pray for her. She's in some pretty serious health uh, issues right now, so uh, don't know all the details, but I ask that you would pray for Miss Judith McGinnis in our closing prayer, and throughout the week, if you would, I uh, know that she would greatly appreciate it. All right, let's all stand and close in word of prayer. Brother Travis, sir, would you close us? Father, it's been good to be in your house today, and Lord, we thank you for a place that we can come and worship you, and Lord, for our church body here, our family. We pray, Father, for each and every one. Pray especially today for Miss Judith, that you would be with her, and with Sean, Miss Kimberly, and the boys. Lord, we uh, pray that you just strengthen her, uh, help her, give her comfort, and give her peace. Lord, we uh, pray now as we go our separate ways that you would bring us back at the appointed time. All these things we ask in your precious name. Amen. Amen.